0: This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Jam. I am personally super excited because we have Christina Crook here from Jomo, the author of Jomo. Uh, I could also call it a movement, I could call it a way of thought, a way of thinking, uh, and we've known each other a long time, uh, both personally and professionally. Yes, we, we met, have. We met years ago, you were a reporter at the time, right? I was, and, indeed. And you, and you interviewed me about something. Yes. And then I was like, this woman is so interesting, and then we continued to talk, and you did some more writing stuff True. together. And And look, at, you've written a book now. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: The joy of missing out.
0: So we live in a very internet cell phone world. And tell me about the book. What what caused you to like do it? Was it just frustration? Was it anger? Was it like, hey, I'm gonna write this because it's just something I really hope to one day give to my children? Or what was the inspiration? That would be a really good motivator. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That was not the motivation. Okay. So yeah. I am from Vancouver, which is where we mm-hmm. are right now, mm-hmm. but I had actually moved. To Toronto um, a couple of years before I wrote my book and in one fell swoop Mm -hmm. all of my relationships all of a sudden were mediated in some way it wasn't like I could call you up and say Darian let's meet for coffee anymore I had to mediate my relationships through the internet and that started to really encroach on my life i was a freelance i was a freelancer around my own company i was also i had young children and i was experiencing a kind of a huge amount of isolation and was feeling increasingly uncomfortable with the role the internet was playing in my life it wasn't feeling like a tool anymore it felt like something other it felt like something that was kind of taking over my life and i think a lot of people can relate to Mm -hmm. that feeling of like I know I need to use this, but maybe it's becoming too much. And so the impetus for me for writing the book was really around my own relationship with technology, but also wanting to explore what's happening in the wider culture. Mm-hmm. And so my the often books are titled after they're written. Yeah. And so the Joy of Missing Out title actually came after the book was well into development. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Because we as an organization, and, and a lot of people who are interviewed on the show and people listening and watching are paid lots of money to create FOMO, which is the fear of missing out, right? So is that part of the reason the name is like kind of a take on FOMO? Yes. Okay.
1: FOMO. Yeah. Jomo is a straight up play on FOMO. And actually I didn't coin the term. Uh, An internet entrepreneur named Anil Dash coined the term in response to his friend, Katarina Fakes. Blog post about FOMO and Katarina Fakes, one of the co-founders of Flickr, and so it became this conversation between the two of them, and it and it grew from there. My book is the first book that was ever written on the topic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so he
0: wrote a blog post and used the term Jomo, Jomo. which
1: then be kind of became you know popularized, and then the Joy of Missing Out book came about a year and a half two years okay. after that. But Jomo, of course, is a direct a direct response to FOMO, which is kind of you know, marked the last decade of people's lives, particularly through social media. Yeah.
0: And even just the the desire, of you know, we get asked to like, you know, we're doing an event, right? And promoting an event. And it's like, put lots of photos on the Instagram, Facebook during the weekend. So we create FOMO for people who aren't there.
1: Yeah. It's a really tricky thing. And, you know, if you break it down, the core messages of FOMO are, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. I don't have enough, and this core belief that I am not enough, right? And it's not – it didn't come – FOMO didn't appear when the internet appeared. FOMO has been around for all of time. We've always been able to compare ourselves to others. It's just that we used to be able to compare ourselves to, like, the next-door neighbor or our brother or the Joneses. Literally the Joneses, right? (laughs) It's like that's where it comes from, keeping up with the Joneses. But now we can compare our lives to literally – Millions, hundreds
0: of millions people of people on Pinterest, like those cupcakes, which I love the one reaction of Pinterest is, which is the hashtag nailed it. Yes. The whole idea that like no one can achieve Pinterest perfection. Yes. So what you're saying is, hey, you, you don't even need to try to pursue Pinterest perfection. Try to find joy outside of the internet outside of just photos and videos that are constantly being thrown at you
1: and it's not necessarily a direct response against the internet it's asking the wider questions of what does it mean to be human what do we actually need to find joy and living lives that are motivated out of fear is not a full life right it's a living in response to and like FOMO's core message is, you know, it, it's fed us a lie about what the good life is because it tells us that success and well-being look one way, yeah. expensive, popular, mm-hmm. right? And in—and it's never complete. Like, nice it's meal just,
0: photos, right? nice toes in the sand photos.
1: 100% or yeah. like, you know, you think you're doing really well. And mm-hmm. then right before we bed, you start scrolling through Instagram and you're like, oh, I thought I was doing okay, but turns yeah. out I'm not. And yeah. so... Yeah, I think the conversation for me about the conversation for me with Jomo is about asking those questions about what is your joy? Mm -hmm. What does joy look like for you? And you Mm -hmm. might love your job, like Darian. Mm -hmm. I know you love your job. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) It's not wrong for you to find joy in doing what Mm -hmm. you do, which is marketing through Mm -hmm. the internet. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not what I'm trying to create with Jomo. Jomo is really creating a conversation about where we experience lasting joy.
0: Yeah. So the show that's out now, the organizer Marie Kondo, which yes. is uh, what gives you joy. Have you watched the show? And she and she picks up items in the homes and
1: yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, her whole I mean, her hashtag is Spark Joy, yeah. right? It's asking you, does this item spark joy yeah. or not
0: for you? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and is it part of that? Part of your book does it affirm what you've written? Does it affirm direction that you've been? Does Marie Kondo's?
1: Yeah. I would say absolutely. Okay. And it's kind of interesting when her Netflix special came out at yeah. the beginning of this year, because Marie Kondo's book's been out for quite yeah. a number of yeah. years yeah. now. It's not it's not sort of a new thing. But of course, things get a second life when they get a Netflix special. Yeah. And so um, it was interesting watching the response to that. And actually, in the New York Times, a writer um, wrote about how, in fact, he did not need Marie Kondo to spark joy in his home, what he needed was Marie Kondo to spark joy in his digital life. Because if you go back into all the archives and all the photos and all the hoarding we do, even the hoarding of contacts right online, like why are we following Fifteen hundred people, or or seven thousand people, right? Like, are those people sparking joy for you? Maybe not. So, for to take take Marie Kondo's ideas, right? And and that I I would absolutely say that that is part of what I want to do with Jomo is to, to, yeah, basically be the Marie Kondo for social. Like, if
0: I hold up my Pinterest account, right? Like, I'm just trying to imagine what. And does Pinterest, my Pinterest experience, give me joy? Right. Right. And then I need to decide.
1: Yeah, it might be that you need to cut that entire platform. Yeah. Which is cutthroat, but very powerful.
0: So when you, and, and I, so I give you, I've read your book yes. and, and I find it fascinating and convicting and, and enthralling in a lot of ways, but I want to know about some of the practical ways. Like how yeah. does someone actually give this up? Because And are you saying use technology or is it discipline? Is it white knuckling? Like what are ways someone can actually like give up Pinterest, for example? <sighs> You're really on to Pinterest
1: today. I've never. Using, I, as an example, as an
0: example, but just because of all like the. Are the you cookies. like a
1: closet Pinterest user, Derek? I,
0: I just I'm so fascinated. I nailed it because it's like. No, yeah, that's great. Tried, My kids love it. I tried to make the Santa bread one Christmas. Like it was bread in the shape of Santa's head, and then Why? you paint it with food coloring and egg white because I thought it'd be amazing. Because I wanted to like you know try this amazing craft, and I totally failed. But it looked somewhat like Santa. But I just can see the pursuit because like Pinterest is like. So beautiful, some of the things that people have made with bread. Fully. Yeah.
1: Fully. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So absolutely practical tools. I mean, I think a really practical thing to do is ask yourself Mm. if a platform, a platform in its entirety Mm. is sparking joy, if it's actually adding to your life more than it's taking away. Mm. Because reality is you don't necessarily need to be on every social platform the world will say that you need to yes. digital marketers might tell you yes. that you need to be on all the platforms but maybe they might say something like use a couple of them really well yeah. find the one where you're mm-hmm. you feel like your voice you know you feel like you have a voice and your the conversations you're having there are
0: meaningful like reddit Weirdly, I discovered Reddit recently, and it, these, like some people downplay Reddit or make fun of Reddit. Yeah. But there's some amazingly smart people on Reddit that have some amazing things to say.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. If I actually want to know how people are doing yeah. with digital addiction, I go to Reddit. Really? Because they have real conversations yeah. about their problems. Interesting. Maybe because they're yeah. anonymous,
0: or it's just... Because this-
1: they're anonymous, and also it's not visually driven. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of things around Reddit that yeah. actually creates real conversation. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so I would say, yeah, I mean, you could ask yourself directly, does this platform spark joy? I I, very, very practical habits around not having your device be the first and last thing Mm. you do every day. And there's simple things you can do. Obviously, everyone's probably heard by this point to not charge your phone beside your bed, not to use that as an alarm clock, but really having some contemplative reading. So having just a good book on Mm. your nightstand, right? Just Allows you to make it easier to make the decision to spend some time in quiet and reflection as opposed to instantly having the panic anxiety of you know reading Twitter or you know responding Mm -hmm. to email while you're still in bed obviously if you're in a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know cultivating more intimacy and and, um, Yeah, just connectedness Mm -hmm. in your relationship or your home. A uh, very practical thing that's growing um, because of someone named Tiffany Schlain. So Tiffany mm-hmm. Schlain founded the Webby Awards. Yes, I'm actually okay. interviewing her on okay. the JomoCast very shortly. And, and um, those that don't know what
0: the JomoCast are, tell us about that. The
1: JomoCast is my brand new podcast okay. about how uh, founders and creatives are... Uh, flourishing through using the joy of missing out, disconnecting from technology mindfully to have a sustainable
0: career. On all podcast platforms. On
1: all podcast platforms. Thank you very much. So Tiffany Shalane comes from a Jewish tradition, um, does not identify as a religious person, Mm -hmm. but has um, had a 15-year commit to a tech commitment to a technology Shabbat or technology wow. Sabbath. One day a week, She's, she founded the Webby Awards, like yeah. her and her husband's yes, careers are so internet driven, yeah. but they have held this 24 hour period as a sacred wow. time in their family for 15 years. And so she has a book coming out this fall so about cool. that. It's 24 six instead yeah. of 24 seven, 24 six. Yeah, holding a day a week completely offline mm-hmm. or as much offline as you can. And it's it's less about removing it, it's yeah. about It's about what you're adding in. Like, what are you going to do with that time instead? Mm. You know, imagine what a whole day not centered around your phone or your laptop or your tablet would look like. And that, you know, helps for a a myriad of reasons. But one of the big ones for me is remembering that we're not the center of the universe. You know, that that the world keeps running without us. And that's not... That's not to belittle us that's actually a liberating thing to know that to be true that because because social is so focused on self Mm -hmm. that the world you know we're an important part of it but there's a lot more Mm -hmm. going on um, beyond us so those are some of my tips that's
0: amazing so the phone beside the bed those that have like maybe family that they're worried about hearing from or Mm -hmm. they just want to be available for that phone call yeah what do you suggest for people like that
1: Charge it in the hallway and leave
0: the ringer on. Just real high ring. Sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And what about the, the app that Apple came up with recently, Screen Time?
1: Screen Time. I'd love yeah. your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, Screen Time is interesting. I mean, I think any movement towards having an awareness of mm-hmm. how you're using your screens is a huge benefit to people. I yeah. know in the workshops and talks that I give, when I have people actually go into their settings and into their battery settings to look at their, and that's where you, know, you find it,
0: right? Those that's that don't where know.
1: you that for those of you that don't know, you can go know. into your settings okay. and into your battery battery usage, and you can have a one day, usually a one day, a three day, and a seven day outlook on how you've been using it for the last. 24 hours or seven days. Now it's
0: on iOS, but is it on Android as well?
1: It's a little trickier to find on Android and Google it. If you you just Google it and you can find um, directions on how to find that. Uh, But that is the biggest first step for people towards more Mm -hmm. mindfully using their technology is having that awareness. So I think, I think Apple's move and there's been a variety of moves towards adding Mm -hmm. in those features. I know some people you know argue that it's just they're just sort of pandering to those waving the red flags about how digital is not serving us well but i think honestly any any step in that direction is is a benefit yeah yeah so i'm a, I, i'm in support of it wow Yeah. so if
0: if you could make it so wave a magic wand and everyone's read your book yes what do you think the difference that we would see in the world
1: <sighs> we would see and understanding that real connection, because we talk about online mm-hmm. connection, yeah. right? But I think if people read my book and were embodying it, we would have a deeper understanding that real human connection happens offline mm-hmm. in the embodied world, yeah. and that we would prioritize that above all else, because ultimately in every scientific study in the world will tell you that that is the greatest source of meaning and joy in our lives. Wow.
0: uh, I remember years ago, um, this internet marketing conference happened in Vancouver, Yes. and they brought a keynote in, Malcolm Gladwell, Yeah. and they thought he would be able to talk about how great the internet is and how great internet marketing is, but he actually did the opposite. Wow. And so the event organizer was super embarrassed. All these sponsors were super upset because what he said was, because he he had come out with a book called The Tipping Point and how movements can happen, he said the internet's great for connecting really great chess players, like you can find the two best chess players in the world. But to create a movement like the Berlin Wall, or you know, and he went on to list various movements in the world, it right. takes these like human, physical, like he talked about these prayer groups that were the impetus to the Berlin Wall. And and, and wow. that was the impetus behind it all. Um, so we kind of ruined the whole idea that the internet's gonna change the world. And and the internet's been around long enough now, and, and Facebook's been around. I, again, I struggle with how has it bettered my life personally, right? And, and, Sure, I, I like Facebook in that I can find old connections and I can, re, you know, send quick messages to people. But I don't know if it's caused more in-person meetings or actually maybe less. Because even I'm not excited to go to my 10-year reunion because I'm like, I know everyone's doing. Right, I've seen them online. Yes, I, know yes, if, yes. I know if Sally is doing this or that or if Rick has turned grown his mustache or not grown <laughs> a mustache, right? You know what I mean? Like those are the things.
1: Do you send him DMs and be like, dude, Cut the mustache. No, I mean, but, it's,
0: <laughs> but it's it's crazy, right? To think, like, it's almost like we almost don't need these in person because the internet has...
1: Right. You're only- like, I don't need to meet with that person because I already know what's going on. Yeah, I actually felt this shift with my dad because my dad who lives very close to your offices here mm-hmm. My dad was the last person who really went online, yeah, yeah. you know in my life And when he did I noticed this shift in our conversation because I would know he went on a fishing trip because I would have seen Photos yeah. and then I would ask him about it He would kind of fill in the gaps whereas before he would tell me the whole story yeah, right? and I would go on that journey oh. with him and so that created a really significant shift for us. It seems small, but it actually was quite
0: large. For good or for bad, would you I say? I think
1: for bad, but I think I did navigate with that. I did navigate that with him. because So then I stopped kind of... I started ignoring him online. Yeah. <laughs> because I wanted to have the whole story, and that's okay. That's yeah. okay that I was choosing that relationship to be that way. And that's the thing with the online and offline. I think the offline has to outweigh time-wise. The offline has to outweigh Mm. our online time because we are forgetting how to have a good conversation. Like it's actually a skill that we have to nurture. Yeah. And so that's what I would say to that. I don't think there's a negative to staying connected with people online. I am in... On the West Coast, because my parents posted, and someone offered us a house to stay in for so cool. a month for free. Like that's the internet. Yeah, that's yeah. the beauty, right? Yeah. Like contact, connection, yeah. opportunities. So many things. Players, the right? chess players finding yeah. each other. Yeah. Absolutely, but it's like holding these things in balance, and that's
0: asking these harder questions. Wow. So when you're, I mean, you do go on the internet, which is funny yeah. because you do market your book, you, yeah. and you mark, what is um, your way to balance it? Like, how, like what have you done in your own life to, to set up those maybe boundaries or those lines in the sand or, yeah. or tools that you use?
1: I have basically made a decision to use the internet and social media in particular for professional purposes, period.
0: Oh, okay, nice. So anything personal, call me, yep. text me, text yeah. me, do text? So I do text. Texting works. Yeah. Yeah. I text. So text. I I'm like,
1: I'm definitely the, like the texter that we'll get back to you in maybe two days. Like okay, I'm not yeah, the yeah. instant. No, okay. Yeah. But I mean, not always, no, but no, I no. just, I'm not sort of an instant on call yeah, texter, yeah. but yeah, I don't use social media for personal
0: purposes. Okay. And yeah. generationally, and I don't know if you've had this question, but like TikTok and Snapchat and you know, the 12, 13, 15 year olds that are growing up just with it all around them, mm-hmm. like almost like they're birthed into the social media ecosystem Uh, what's your call to them or what's kind of like your
1: yeah it would be the rallying
0: cry to these this generation
1: the rallying cry would be the same for adults and I I, and Mm. that really excites me because and it's actually rooted in an age-old contemplative practice which would maybe seem like a weird thing to talk about when we're talking about 11 and 12 year olds but it's this idea that you ask yourself day by day what's really been life-giving for me today Mm. and what's been life-taking like what's really making me feel alive and what's making me feel dead or despairing or or weighted down and you just ask yourself those questions usually you know before you go to bed it's actually called the examine but it's actually Mm -hmm. been renamed and repackaged by motivational psychologists it's now called the towards and away (laughs) matrix in psychology it's this idea of is this bringing joy or despair? Mm. Is this moving me towards the life I want to live, or is it moving me away from the life I want to live? And I think I would say the same thing to kids that age. Like when you're engaging in that activity, whether it's you know around the corner with yeah. your friends sitting outside, or like my daughter does yeah. with her friends at the roundabout yeah. by our house, or whether you're you know on YouTube or whatever, like what is bringing you more joy and what's taking away from it? And like do more of those things that bring more. And if it's creating YouTube videos and teaching people how to do a skill or it's watching YouTube videos to learn how to skateboard, then like get into it, enjoy it. Right. And don't feel shame about using it in that way. But when it's starting to take away, stop.
0: Yeah. That's really good. And, and have you ever considered a children's book, Jomo for
1: Kids? <gasps> My daughter would like me to write a Jomo for okay. Kids. Okay. I have considered it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there is a book sort of similar to that, which okay. I don't mind plugging, no. that came out from uh, one of the Saved by the Bell. Remember Saved by the Bell? Yeah. The Obviously. show? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Saved by the Bell. Zach, Morris. One, yeah, Zach Morris. I'm forgetting her name, but one of the... Stars from Save by the Bell recently came out a book that is like almost essentially (laughs) Jomo for Kids, which I was like, way to go. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's kind of where I'd like to take things. Yeah, is into some more more really practical um, resources and books and, you know, for for people in all of the parts of their lives.
0: Yeah. Now, one cool thing about you that I remember when you were getting the book going is uh, mail. Yeah. Like, so the emoji for email, and it's still an actual letter. Yeah. You used to send actual postcards and real mail in the the mail. Yes. Do you still do that? Is that still a thing?
1: (laughs) So I've actually built a bit of a a patronage around my podcast and other things and mail is still very much a part of my like, life with like stamp like them- with a stamp and it's actually like people will say it is like one of the great gifts of their life and I have to say I because of what I've done mm-hmm. and because my book kind of came out of this letter project where I was writing letters and sending them I get letters from all over the world with people wow. reaching out to me and being like I read your book I want to partner with you on a digital mindfulness retreat in Mexico yeah. or like, it's just, so sending and receiving mail is still like, what do you get in your mailbox? You get flyers and yeah. bills. Yeah. So when you get something, even if it's someone writing like two lines and yeah. sending it to you, it feels really good.
0: Wow. And yeah. Do you think there'll be a new resurgence of people actually sending mail. I think if we're equipped. Yes.
1: Yeah. So that's part of also one I'm I'm moving towards building a membership with Jomo. And one of the things is sending people, Cards and stamps yeah. to make it as easy as possible yeah. to write a few lines yeah. and just pop it in the mailbox. That's really cool. because there's too many people. Are like, where do I get a stamp? Yeah. Who has addresses anyway? Yeah. <laughs> there's all of yeah. these. You know, there's these barriers. So I'm trying to simplify that a bit. But there's actually a, a company out of the UK called Pigeon Posted. This oh, is one of the guys that recently yeah. wrote to me, and he's designed these beautiful folding. Um, notepapers that actually fold into an envelope. Wow,
0: that's really cool. Which is super
1: cool. And so um, it's it's exciting for me to see things like that. Uh, Because, yeah, the embodied like we're not we're not going to ever get away. Like you're holding a mug. Yeah, yeah. We have a nice green chair that I'm, you know, I have my hand on right now. Like we are embodied beings. We are people that are in the flesh. Yes. And so we're never going to break free. And I believe we shouldn't mm-hmm. from the analog, right? Yep. The analog is always going to be a part of our lives. And so, Well, look at record yeah. sales in the last Well, this years, is it, right? it's huge. Yeah, yeah, so
0: maybe that's something that's going to happen to postage. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I hope so. I mean, it's not the, you can also just write a note and, you know, put it on one of your staff members' desks. Like a desks sticky note. Or right? a sticky, yeah. yeah, like yeah. any of those things. I had a friend recently come over to do an interview and she, She wrote a post-it and she hid it in one of my drawers for me to hide it later with just like a rad little message. And it just, yeah, these things matter to us. If you just think about, you know, your romantic relationships, when people take the time to take their thoughts and put them down, Mm. right, and give them to you. You, Most people don't go back to old emails. Most people don't. I actually print a lot of th- like the really meaningful messages. Yeah. I actually print them off, and I have an analog scrapbook wow. for those things because I just know I'm not. Yeah. I never will. Yeah. They'll be lost forever, yeah. so those analog um, ways of yeah communicating with one another, I think, are important. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: So tell me about for you, like, yeah, um, any books, magazines, podcasts that you recommend to to listeners and viewers?
1: Okay. Um, there is a book called uh, Becoming Human okay. by Jean Bannier. Yeah. That is probably the number one book I would recommend okay. to everybody okay. to, li- yeah, to read. Um, yeah, Katarina Fake, who I was mentioning before, mm-hmm. uh, co-founder of Flickr, and has had many, many other ventures since yeah. then. She has a new podcast called Should This Exist? Oh, wow. And it's looking cool. at new, new technologies yeah. that are coming to market and ask, actually asking founders point blank, should this even exist? Yeah. Not is there a market for yeah. it? Is this going to better the human yeah. experience? Yeah. So that's that's also a really a wonderful podcast. And listen to the Jomo Cast.
0: Okay, yeah, no, <laughs> great. And and on podcasts everywhere. And yeah, on yeah.
1: podcasts everywhere. So, can you have yeah. a copy of
0: your book here. I do. Can you grab it? I want yeah. for those that are. Um, oh, watching. Oh, and, oh, yeah. And those. So on the cover here, you have a picture of an iPad or an iPhone. Uh-huh. What is this here? It's just sitting down, and you're looking out on a field. Tell me what the cover here means to you.
1: It means putting it in its proper place.
0: Okay, just taking a pause, put it down, and just rest Do you see
1: how much of the uh, cover it takes up? Yes. That's its proper place.
0: So it's still in the world. Because yeah. we're in a wired world, but yeah. it's just get, making room for more of the yeah. goodness. Yeah, And the sunsets and the sunrises and all those good things. And the
1: human connection, the things. When you ask a person, let me ask you. Yeah. What brings you most joy? Oh, man. First thing off the top of your head.
0: I'd say when I come home, my kids welcome me home at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah, just... Top of my head. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking it's happening soon in my day. And yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like 99% of people will give answers like that. Interesting. And they're always there. They're always in the green space. Yeah. They're always in the world wow. with people in, you know, in, in the real world, nature, hobbies, like active hobbies yeah. that people are engaged in. Yeah. Right? And so it's just having technology in its proper place. And this, again, is not a new thing. It's not just since Snapchat existed yeah. that we've had this challenge. It, technology is always meant to be a tool, yeah. right? And it's just when we use it properly for the tool it's meant to be, then it can serve us really well. And when it creeps into a different place, yeah. like a master, yeah. something that we are not in control of, then we have a problem.
0: I notice it becomes a place when someone, like when you're tired mm-hmm. or when you're bored, yep. it like fills that void, right? Or Or when you need that little like rush of whatever chemical comes into your head when you get a new email. Endorphins. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. Yeah. Right? Where you can get that on a 5K, 10K run, right? Or you can get that from, you know, trying something new or scaring yourself a little bit because you, you know, jumped off a dock. Right. But it's easier to get it when it's in the palm of your hand, when it's in your pocket.
1: 100%.
0: The other thing is like even looking at Bumble and Tinder and those sites, right? I, I saw a meme yesterday where it was um, it was like you know when you Google the person you're about to go on a date with, right? And then and then you're like, but you don't want them to know that you Google them, and then they're like, oh, so I'm gonna tell you about my aunt, and the other person's like. Oh, is it Sharon or or Sylvia? Right? Because it's like you know way too much information about a person even right. before you date them. Yeah, like almost like the the thrill of, of dating someone has almost been gone. Like right. Discovering who they are, or what hobbies are you into? Because now with Bumble and Tinder, it's like you know eighty percent about them. Yeah. Or at least what's on the surface, like their hobbies, their interests, their family, their dog. That's was for Ill. sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. What do you think is what do you think that has done to relationships?
0: I don't like I don't know and that's and that's where I, I and that's where I struggle I'm like I don't know if it's actually been good or bad like I can right. see where when I was officiating and and in the latter parts right. of officiating there's a lot more people meeting on like Craigslist and tinder and bumble Craigslist yeah yeah and, and that was more rare but it was <laughs> happening right and so but these marriages was happening and they were so happy and they met someone because they were busy professionals yeah and, and then they found someone yeah. thanks to this efficient tool yes but now it's almost like I talked to these friends and we're like, well, it's almost like going to the mall. I've got so many options. It's like a food court or a buffet that sometimes they're even overwhelmed. So they do nothing. For sure. Yeah. And that's what scares me. I'm like people who do nothing.
1: I think a lot about how technology is centered on ease, right? The promise of every new technology is efficiency. That is every single product that's coming to market is about creating greater ease in your life. Yeah but human relationships are by definition the most inefficient thing in the world. And I think that does put people in not a great position for especially beginning relationships, but also sustaining relationships because we're trained to believe that things should be easy when actually the real world is not easy. Like the work of heating a home, Mm -hmm. if you were to do that without technology would be very difficult. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah, and with human relationships, I mean, that's why there's so much social anxiety because the internet, we have absolute control yeah. about the image we present, mm-hmm. whether we're gonna respond to a person, whether yeah. we're gonna ghost a person. Yeah. We have 100% control on the internet and the world and people are intrinsically unpredictable. Yeah. And so, of course, we're terrified to, we have a growing yeah. fear and anxiety about going out in the world, and I have it too. Mm. Where especially you go into you know a new social situation, yeah. and it's like if you're feeling insecure about your work, or you feel like people are further ahead than yeah. you, or you just whatever. There's a you know there could be a hundred different reasons yeah. why you have anxiety about going into a social situation. I think it is amplified yeah. because we are in control most of the time, and yeah. all of a sudden you're willingly giving up control. Yeah, and yeah people it it's it's a big ask it's a big ask for people yeah yeah
0: and and i'm sure too some people have a really and can control a really great persona online yeah but in person maybe they just haven't had the chance to maybe exercise that muscle
1: for sure or like have close enough people that they know that no matter beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're accepted like Mm -hmm. like that's right back to what we started with today Mm -hmm. with fomo those core messages of i'm not doing enough yeah I don't have enough. I am not enough. Yeah. We're already feeling that online. And then you take that offline and mm-hmm. you're being about your life in the world and you're feeling those core feelings. If you don't have those really core relationships where you feel affirmed that you are doing enough and yeah. that you have enough and that you are enough, mm-hmm. then that that's really difficult. And I, and I would say that the most important thing we can, we can all do is have those relationships, whether it's one person or three people or 10 people nurturing those relationships. And there's a study called the Grant study out of Harvard, Mm -hmm. which I cite all of the time, which is the longest longitudinal study of human flourishing Mm -hmm. in all of history. Mm -hmm. It's five word conclusion is that happiness is love, that full stop, like that's the conclusion of it. And people that have the highest markers of outward success in terms of like who's whose list, Mm -hmm. highest salaries at peak, like in their peak career, all of these things. The, the greatest indicator for those are warmth of relationships mm-hmm. and it was only men they tracked because it started in the 20s yeah. but the men that ranked highest on warm relationships yeah. outscored on every marker wow. based off of that one indicator. so actually if you push back and are like oh no my career is more important than my than you know nurturing friendships all these things, actually it's not mm. because if you want health and happiness in your later years if you actually want to kick ass in your yeah. in your work nurturing a couple of close relationships doesn't matter if they're romantic yeah. core good solid relationships that are going to last with you is the most efficient yeah. turns out thing to do with your time and their work their work yeah. Yeah, but they're worth it.
0: You need to put your phone down. You got to put, put it your on phone the down. Yeah, and, and go you got to put it. it
1: down and have a real relationship and see what happens and take a risk.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, Christina, anything else you want to leave with viewers, listeners? Any retreats that you want? to... How can they find out more information? If sure. Are doing a okay. I want to, I say someone wants to go on one of these retreats. Or, sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so I've got the podcast. I have a number of digital mindfulness retreats coming up. If people want to learn anything, they can go to Experience Jomo. Dot com. Yeah,
0: and the books available on Amazon. The books
1: available where all books are sold, including book stores. Amazon books, real, real bookstores. Stores. Awesome. Imagine that. But I would say the one last thing I would like to say is that you know we're all going to live with technology yeah. for the rest of our lives, but we get to decide how.
0: That's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Thank you, Christina. My Everyone, pleasure. This is Marketing Jam, Christina Crook. Uh, you can get her book, "The Joy of Missing Out: Finding Balance in a Wired World." Uh, I've read it. It's amazing. Very convicting. I I, will, I, will, I don't know if I say amazing. It's convicting, and it makes you stop to think in a time that uh, I think this book is very timely. And you even have an endorsement by Raffi. So if you don't believe my endorsement, <laughs> you don't believe Christina's endorsement because she's very biased. Uh, Raffi, uh, who is the singer of such songs um, as Baby Beluga,
1: Baby Beluga, in
0: the deep blue sea, in the deep blue sea, you swim so wild and you swim so free. So, I want to sing so badly. <laughs> no. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you next time on Marketing Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and see you next time.
1: This is the story of the one.